When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to 3 and 30 Takeaways for Moms, episode 172, How to Lighten Your Mental Load. Welcome to 3 and 30, a podcast for moms who want to create more meaning in motherhood. Each 30-minute episode will feature three doable takeaways for you to try at home with your family this week. I'm your host, Rachel Nielsen. Thank you so much for being here. Do you ever feel a bit crushed by and underappreciated for the mental load that you carry around as a mother? Remembering to register the kids for a summer camp or buy new seasonally appropriate clothes for them every few months or address a behavioral issue that you see arising or a medical need, doing research on a therapist, a doctor, a sports team, or an opportunity you'd like them to be a part of. These are just a few examples of work that parents do behind the scenes to support their children, and often a large majority of this type of work falls on mothers, whether or not we are working outside the home. In today's episode, I'm so excited to introduce you to two women who are passionate about helping women get clarity and control around the mental load that they are carrying through a data-driven solution that makes this invisible labor quantifiable. Felicia and Aileen introduce themselves like this. Quote, we are two moms who have been best friends since seventh grade. That's 35 years for those keeping track. We were born 11 days apart. We got married within three weeks of each other. We have both been stay-at-home moms, and we have five children between us, ages 8 to 24. We have a combined 40 years of parenting highs and lows to pull from, which is why we are particularly well-qualified to do the work we are doing. That work is shining a light on all of the unpaid, overlooked, and often isolating work women do every day. We do this through our blog at tendtask.com and our mobile app, Tend task manager, and journal, end quote. I can't wait for these women to tell you more about their brilliant app and their three-step process that you can start today, if you'd like, in order to lighten your mental load. First, a couple of reminders about this month's podcast sponsors. Speaking of the mental load, do you spend most of your time pouring into everyone around you, leaving you feeling depleted, stressed, and overwhelmed a lot of the time? If so, you're not alone. Motherhood can feel that way, but it doesn't have to. This month's sponsor is Hand Letter Design, a family-run company that provides workbooks, online workshops, and materials to help you learn the fulfilling hobby of hand lettering while creating a meaningful mindset. This is the perfect hobby for a mom who is craving a creative outlet and a little me time. The products from Hand Letter Design are created to teach you how to do beautiful modern calligraphy in the small pockets of time that you have as a mom, while also infusing more mindfulness and gratitude into your daily life. The words and phrases that you will write over and over in each workbook to practice are affirmations that will elevate your mindset as you gain this new skill. Take five to 10 minutes each day or every few days to sit down and practice your lettering, and you'll be reinforcing powerful, uplifting messages while giving yourself a creative release from the mental load you carry around as a mom. 
There's a workbook for every level from the creative lettering bundle for beginners to the more advanced workbook where you can learn about flourishing. And you can get 10% off using the code 3in30. So go to handletteredesign.com and enter the code 3in30 at checkout. And yet another tool that you can use to lighten your mental load is one that I talk about all the time on this podcast, and that is therapy. I get emails all the time from women who have heard me talk about how counseling has transformed my life and my emotional resilience, but who feel stuck on how to find a counselor. I am so thrilled that I have a resource that I can point them to that will work no matter where they live or how busy they are, and that is BetterHelp. BetterHelp is the world's largest provider of counseling, and it is done 100% online. You simply fill out a brief intake questionnaire about your needs, and they match you with a licensed professional counselor who can help you. You meet with your counselor via phone or video chat, and some counselors even offer the option of texting. So you can really fit this in no matter how busy you are without having to drive to and from appointments. If the counselor that they match you with doesn't end up being a perfect fit for you, you can simply request a change and they will try again. I love how simple BetterHelp has made it for busy people to get the help that they need, and I hope that if you've been feeling the nudge to go to counseling, you will give BetterHelp a try. Go to betterhelp.com slash 3 and 30 for 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com slash 3 and 30 And now onto the show. This is How to Lighten Your Mental Load. Here we go. Felicia and Aileen, welcome to 3 and 30. Thanks. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to talk to you today about a topic that I think many moms, all moms, are aware of in that they live it every day and they feel the weight of it, but they maybe haven't put words to what it is, and that is the mental load. And I do think that more and more women are becoming aware of this term and what it means, but very few of us have the ability to actually concretely track our mental load. And that is what I love about your app and the work that you're doing is you really help women get concrete about what this mental load is in their life and how to negate the weight that it brings to them. So thank you so much for your work. And can you just start off by defining for us, what is the mental load? Yeah, that's such a good question. Um, so the mental load describes all of the invisible work we do as caregivers. So it's anything that keeps a family running smoothly, like doctor's appointments, helping with homework, after school activities, household administration, you know, all of the things that don't really make it on your to-do list. They're, they're mm. not tangible, so they're invisible. So that's how we define the mental load. And it consumes a lot of our time and our mental energy. And as all of us moms know, the studies show that this work falls overwhelmingly to us. And it really has an impact on our mental health, our self-worth, our ability to compete professionally if we are working outside of the home. It's, it's a real challenge. Yes. And you all have intimate experience with, you have five children between you, right? Mm -hmm. And years and years of mothering. So when did you first become aware of the mental load and really decide that you wanted to do something about it professionally even? Well, I think, you know, I became aware of the mental load uh, throughout my experience as a parent, but it wasn't until my kids started getting older. So I have three kids, they are all teenagers now. And, you know, once I started thinking about transitioning back to the workforce, I thought about, well, what about all this work? Like this work has made me a better 
person, more Mm -hmm. diligent, more efficient, um, more thoughtful about my time, but it's, it's invisible. So I can't can't put it on a resume. Exactly. Precisely. So um, at that point, it was probably about three or four years ago, Aileen and I started having this conversation about what it would have looked like if we had taken the time over our parenting journey to keep track of the work we had done. And then what, what would it look like if lots of women did that? Yeah, it's such a brilliant concept. And Aileen, how old are your children now? And what has your experience been with the mental load? My children are 25 is my older. And then my younger one is nine because I do not multitask. (laughs) So my mental load has been, I think, a little bit different. It's been more, it hasn't been, I never had children squabbling in the backseat. I never had having to rush from, I had to rush from like preschool to college, you know, but the the mental load for me has just been something that has, um, it has been work that I have loved, but it has also been something that like Felicia said, going back into the workforce, feeling like I can't put it on a resume. I can't, all of this work, all of these things that I have learned, all of these skills that I have built, I am Mm. so much calmer. I am so much more willing to listen to a problem all the way through. Yeah. Yeah. Because of your years as a mom has given you those skills. Yeah. Of of being able to just go, all right, everybody needs to have their little say and then Mm -hmm. we're done. And then that's, you know, so I think that, that that's been, that's been sort of my experience. Yeah. Well, in this podcast today, we are going to talk about how to lighten the mental load in three steps. And you know, I love that three steps. So (laughs) why don't you get us started with our first takeaway? I love that this is so concrete that they can start doing today in order to lighten their mental load. Okay. So what we have is Felicia and I developed an app and it is free. It is on Android and iPhone. It is called TEND, T-E-N-D, Task Manager and Journal. And as I mentioned, it's free. So the first action you would do is you would begin tracking the work that you do. It's a detailed time study of every task you do each day and how many times you did it and how long each task took. So I know this sounds, it sounds like a lot, but it's easier than you think because on the app, it's already preloaded with pretty much everything people do from emails Mm. to research, to waiting on hold, to um, we've broken laundry down into five steps. So it's not a monolithic task. It's sort, wash, drive, fold, put away. And the reason that we did that is that we're not talking about making a to-do list, although there is a to-do list in there. You check off these things so you know what you did. So Mm -hmm. for me, I'm hardest on myself at the end of the day. I lay in bed and it's usually a mess with toys and books and unfolded laundry. And I think, I feel like a loser. What did I get done today? Mm. The house is messier now than it was this morning. I, I don't know who's been showered. And I, it's just not, and it's never a good way to go to sleep. And what interesting thing is during the pandemic, I really started feeling that way. And it, I was so turned around. It took me a couple months to go, wait a minute. I developed an app that it does this. I can figure (laughs) out how these, how these endless amorphous, what day is it? What time is it? Days I can begin to start organizing them. So I started keeping track of everything that I did each day. And for some people, your journey is going to stop there. The lightning, the mental load will be there. Some moms just need to see concrete evidence of all they got done that day. And the progress is being made, even though it seems like we're just running to be late. 
Yeah, because this really gives women a sense for how much they really do, right? It gives them credit, a sense of credit that like, Mm -hmm. look at everything I did. And you found in your research, how much unpaid work are women doing in a typical day? In a typical day, we're seeing about seven hours. Which is wild. I mean, that's another full-time job. (laughs) Yes. And the thing is, too, is that if you're looking at an average of seven, as we know from all our little kid math that we've been redoing, is we have women who might be doing four hours and then we have women who might be doing 10, Mm -hmm. you know, especially depending upon the age of your kids and how many kids you have in your family. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. And and one thing that I have loved, a concept I have loved, I didn't come up with this. I learned it from a counselor whose name is Dr. Julie Hanks. And she said, Instead of making a to-do list, make a to-do list. Oh, I love it. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I love that play on words. Like we feel like at the end of the day, what did I even get done? But the idea of making a like ta-da, I look yep. at everything I did, mm-hmm. you know, is mm-hmm. amazing. And that's sounds like what your app does. Absolutely. What anybody can do, even if they don't have your app, they can do it on a sheet of paper yes. or whatever Absolutely. and just start tracking so that they get a sense for just how much they are actually getting done in a day. And we're so used to tracking so much of our lives. We wear Fitbits. We put together food diaries. We track our menstrual cycles. We This is something, this is not a new behavior for us, especially as women. When you've got little tiny babies, I know there are apps that are so granular where you're like, how often did you feed and how much went in the baby and how long did they sleep? So these are not new behaviors. And again, we've put it all together for you. Yeah. It's all in there. You don't have to take the brain power to go, what did I do today? You go through the list and it shows, oh, I did that. Well, that's right. I did that. Oh, I did that. Mm. I find myself using it. I was doing it a couple of days ago and I was like, this is so clever. And I was like, wait a minute, I made this. (laughs) Calm down. Ta-da. Ta-da. <laughs> yeah, we, we call it the, it's not a to-do list. It's a got done list. Yes. That's yes. what you're making. Absolutely. And Felicia, what has your experience been with this step? Yeah. So like many of our users, I was really surprised at the amount of time that I spent on things. I think I had more kindness for myself as a younger mom of younger kids, just knowing like the physical toll and the the hands-on work that it takes. But, you know, being a parent of older kids and teenagers, like the mental load is real, that's Mm. for sure. And the time it takes to interact with, you know, the kids after school programs or talk to their teachers or making sure they have the right classes or they're applying for college, um, dealing with mental health issues, especially right now, it's massively time consuming. So I was very surprised even myself, it's it's funny because we've spent, you know, years working on this and talking about this and we still struggle with it ourselves. We still don't give ourselves the same level of graciousness and care that we suggest women give themselves. So it's an <laughs> yeah. ongoing process, but it is really, it is a really beautiful task to do to honor your work that way and really mm-hmm. shine a light on it and make it visible. Yeah, we call it practical self-care. Right. So it's a form of self-care, but it's practical self-care. It's a way of taking time for yourself, getting to know yourself, getting to know what you're doing, what's happening in your life. And recognizing and celebrating everything that you're doing. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And one thing that I really love, Felicia, from what you just said is that the mental load 
I often think of the mental load as the tasks, all of the tasks that we do as moms, but the mental load is also all of the things that we worry about, all of the things that we carry. When you said, you know, with teenagers, the mental load, you know, I'm sure you're worrying about peer relationships and if they're rebelling and what they're getting into and how to manage their cell phone use and all those things. So does your app include that kind of thing? Like I spent an hour worrying about my kid. It does actually. We didn't include worry because that would be 24 hours a day for moms. But we did include things like discipline. And uh, we found it really interesting. We looked back at the most time consuming tasks that our users logged in 2020, and that was number one was discipline. And that is truly the definition of invisible labor, right? Because it's it's critical. It's a critical part of parenting. And we all struggle with how to do it right, how to find the right balance of understanding your kids' needs and holding boundaries and teaching them skills to become good adults. But it's time consuming and it's hard and it changes, you know, with each kid and with each stage. So yeah, we do include things like that because there is this notion that the load that we're carrying as moms is laundry and dishes and clutter. And those things are real and and significant, but the actual mental work that we do is also really impactful Yeah, and can sometimes be even harder on us. Yeah. And when you mentioned discipline, I think for me, so much of my discipline is conversations, heartfelt conversations. Discipline is maybe a, I think of a harsh, you know, like putting them in their room or spanking them or something. But good discipline, as we know, the research shows, is actually taking the time to have those heartfelt conversations and talk through their emotions with them and all those things that really are the most important work of motherhood and should count. Exactly. And yet, when at the end of the day, when you're laying there and you're thinking, what did I even get done today? It's like, well, I had a really important conversation with my child about boundaries or about consent or about how we treat our friends or all those things. And that should be logged somewhere and we should be giving credit to ourselves. So after we do this tracking, what's the next step? Yeah. So the next step that we recommend is to assess. So now you've tracked your work. Now you have an opportunity to think about how these varying tasks make you feel and what priorities they hold, right? Mm -hmm. So we talked about like discipline isn't going to be on your to-do list, or having a deep, meaningful conversation with your child isn't going to be on the to-do list, but it's high priority, right? Mm-hmm. So going through your day and thinking about how various tasks made you feel. What's the response you get when you see a sink full of dishes? Some people are like, yes, that is a concrete task I can accomplish now. At the end of it, my sink will be clean and I feel great. Some people look at it with absolute dread right? Mm -hmm. So assess how these varying tasks make you feel. Again, you can do this with pencil and paper. You can do it in a spreadsheet on Google Docs. We have a a note in the app that allows you to log in your thoughts on various tasks. But we think this is a really critical part, especially if you want to take it to the next level. So this is knowledge, right? The tracking gives you the data. This is now a deeper level of knowledge about how things make you feel. It's the reflection piece. Exactly. Exactly. The reflection piece is so important. Then once you've done that, you can kind of take a a look at your day. Are 80% of your tasks draining you and 20% are filling you up? You're going to be an empty vessel 
there at the end of the week, right? So this gives you that next level of knowledge about how your day is structured, right? So a lot of people ask us, well, what's the point of tracking your work? Like, why would somebody do this? And this is the reason is that so you can evaluate how you spend your time because it is your most valuable resource. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so knowing how various tasks make you feel allows you to evaluate at a deeper level. Mm. And you're so right. I have a sister who literally abhors laundry. Like it is her most dreaded task. I don't really mind laundry, you know? So different women, different people are going to have different things that really drain them for whatever reason. Whereas for other women, it's not that big of a deal. So getting some real understanding around what your things are, the things that you don't mind that much versus the things that are really heavy for you, then you can start to make some concrete decisions about what you're going to do with those tasks, which I think leads really well into your third action here, right? Absolutely. So our third action is delegate or delete. And that's a tough one. So Mm -hmm. we always say remain calm. It's okay. So after spending time recording and assessing how you spend your time, it's time to make some deductions based on your data. Data doesn't have a viewpoint, an opinion, and it's not moral. So there's no sense of like your data is telling you're a bad person, you're not doing enough, you're doing too much. It's just data. That's all. It's just sitting there. That's it. So we one of the examples is 13 trips to the store in 14 days is nothing more than a data point. What you do with the information is what matters. So for you personally, maybe all those trips to the store are fine. Maybe they fill your tank. Maybe you like it. Keep them. But if you hate the store and yet you're spending hours a week there, is there something you can do about it? Can you afford to order your groceries online or have them delivered? After my dad passed away, I did that for a few months and it was enormously helpful. And it turns out other people pick out better watermelons. They just do. I kept getting watermelons going, this is delicious. Oh my gosh. And there was one woman who picked out a pineapple that was so delicious. I like wrote it in the Instacart comments. I was like, someone needs to know about this. (laughs) (laughs) So it's taking some stuff off your plate. So the point of this step is to take the information you have gathered and make some changes. Here is another opportunity for your partner to step in and help. Maybe he drives by the store every day on his way home from work. See if he is willing to do that task. Mm -hmm. It's opening up conversations about all the unseen work that is needed to keep the family going. It can be scary. It can be difficult. But you don't have to go into the conversation with vague assertions about how hard you work. You have data. Yeah. You're not standing there at nine o'clock at night, flinging glasses of Chardonnay, losing your mind. This might be something that really happened. (laughs) I was going to say, that's rather specific. It sounds like that may be from personal experience. (laughs) Maybe. What is it? Asking for a friend? Yeah. Um, It's a way to say to your partner, I would like to sit down and have a little family meeting about that. Here are your data points. Here are my data points. Let's start having some conversations. So helpful for your partner to actually be able to see and maybe have an even deeper appreciation for everything that you do. I know when I was a brand new stay at home mom, I would sometimes purposely like I'd put my to do list or I'd even write it after the fact and put it on the fridge just so he could see it. Like these are all the things that I did. And not that I had a partner that was coming home saying, What did you do all day? Because he never would have said that. But it was just nice for me to know that he knew and he could Mm -hmm. say, 
oh, look at everything you got done today. Thank you. Or kind of acknowledge it. So, right. Because you're not getting, you're not getting a paycheck. You're not getting a, you're not getting a job title. You're not getting an advance. You're not getting promoted. You're not getting a little party. So how is anybody supposed to know what you're doing? Yeah. So even just bringing your data to your partner and saying, look, I discovered that I'm doing this many hours of work and just having them sort of appreciate and celebrate you is really powerful. I've also heard that the same is true for acknowledging everything that your partner's doing. So, so many women think my partner doesn't do anything, but when you get them to actually track what they're doing, they are also doing invisible work that you're not aware of. Mm -hmm. And so when they bring their list, you may be like, oh, wow, he's actually contributing a lot more than I realized. Or maybe there's still this imbalance, but we can work through it. But it gives you a concrete place to really appreciate each other and everything that you're contributing to the family. It's not who does more. It's who does what. Because sometimes what happens is you'll see, I didn't know you were doing that much. Mm -hmm. I didn't know that every three weeks, there's this horrible report that has to be written. And mm. and all of a sudden, you've got four extra hours. How can yeah. I support you? How can I be there for you? And then when they say, okay, when I'm not on the report treadmill, I have this extra time, I'm willing to switch it and do something different. Yeah. I think having these conversations when you're both in a really good place emotionally, mentally, not when you're super tired late at night, can be a really valuable way to affirm each other. Has that been your experience, Felicia, with this topic? Yeah, I think this is such a critical point and one that often gets overlooked is this idea of having open, honest conversations with your partner about this work. Mm. People often ask us, you know, is this going to make my partner angry or is my partner going to hate me because I bring this to them? And and we think, we think the opposite is true. We think that communication is the pillar of a healthy relationship. Mm. And we're here to actually save some marriages. And the point you bring up is so critical about seeing your partner's invisible work too. We don't give men, you know, we're talking in very gendered terms here about kind of traditional roles, but we don't give men the space to talk about how things make them feel and what work they're doing behind the scenes and what they worry about. And that is equally important. And so our goal isn't let's shove this in my husband's face. Our goal is let's come together. Let's be seen as a team. We're the team. Aileen says this all the time. We're the team. The work is the enemy or the work is the goal (laughs) to be accomplished, right? And we are in a partnership and we have Mm -hmm. to find the balance that works best for us. And if you're not having the conversation about that, if you're not addressing it in an open way, then you're going to build resentment. Yes, for sure. Totally. Yeah. And you said another option here, if we can't delegate tasks, we can delete them. Yes. How do we go about doing that? I think that delete's a hard one. So, you know, deep breath, because when we're talking about deleting a task, what we're saying is I'm not going to engage in this societal dance anymore. I'm not going to do this. Society says that I should send out holiday cards and I hate them and I never want to do them again. (laughs) And then you have to delete them because you look over at your partner and your partner goes, I think they're stupid too. And then you go, we're not doing them. And then you have to kind of, so that's a big one. I get that, that 
holiday holiday cards were one of mine. I just one year just didn't send them out. I was like, I can't do it. I can't do it. And yeah. You know what? Nobody cared. Um, <laughs> so checking your data. And this is a part where you can really talk to your partner because sometimes your partner will say, they'll agree with you. They'll say, I, I don't think that this is necessary. And then you can go, okay, then let's get rid of it. The kids don't seem to like this particular activity. And you can talk to your kids too. You know, the thing about this app, and we're working on expanding the app and making it so you can add other people to it. But the way that the delegate and the delete is that's where you can almost have a family meeting if you have older children. Obviously, you're not going to be sitting there talking to your two-year-old going, do you really need to go to that play group? I don't think you do. But (laughs) you can do that with seven-year-olds, eight-year-olds, 10-year-olds. If you really want to go to soccer, then someone's got to clean this yard because I can't go to your soccer games and get this yard cleaned out, especially during big weather changes. So, mm-hmm. you know, you start, there's delegate and delete kind of in the same thing, right? The ultimate goal is to bring everybody under the umbrella. Everybody into the team. Yes. Yeah. Because, you know, that's one yeah. of the things it's like, if you and your partner are fighting over a dirty toilet, why are you, who's taking the side of the dirty toilet? What's going on? No, 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 no. We don't do that. We go, okay, the dirty toilet is the enemy. How are we going to defeat it? Yeah. How are you and I, two adults who managed to get themselves dressed this morning, going to defeat this thing? Yeah. Yeah. That makes so much sense. Well, this three-step process, I think, could help a lot of women get clarity around their mental load and start to figure out how to lighten it. Mm -hmm. And I think it is just brilliant that you've created this app. I wouldn't have the beginning clue how to create an app. So that's amazing that you've done this. And where can women find the app? Where can they find more of your work and learn more from you? So people can find us on our website at tendtask.com. Aileen didn't mention it, but she runs an amazing blog. She's a terrific writer. She writes about the mental load, invisible labor, motherhood. I highly recommend. You can also download the app there. There's a link to both Google Play and the App Store. We're also on social media at TendTask. Perfect. Well, I can tell that Aileen is funny. So I'm guessing that the (laughs) blog has some good comedy moments on it, talking about her missteps and her watermelon, her delicious watermelon that someone else picked out for her. So one of the things I did is I did a recipe challenge that lasted about two years where I tried to make a new recipe every week. And so if you're looking for like simple, easy recipes, that's there. But it's also if you're looking for somebody who just doesn't like to cook. <laughs> and is trying to force themselves to cook, that's in there too. So, okay, yeah. perfect. Yeah. All right, very, very relatable. Well, thank you, ladies, for coming on 3 and 30. And I know a lot of women are going to walk away with some concrete tools today. So, thank you for your time. Thank you so much, Rachel. Thank you. Thank you, friends, for listening in on that fun conversation. I hope that you're walking away feeling deeply seen for the invisible load that you're carrying as well as deeply hopeful for some action steps forward. As a recap, these are Felicia and Aileen's suggestions for how to lighten your mental load. First, track what you do every day. You can do this using their free app, Tend, Task Manager, and Journal, or you can just do it on a sheet of paper. Write down everything you do and how long it took so you can get a concrete idea of where you're spending your time and how much you're actually getting done each day, even when it feels like you're getting nothing done each day. 
I love that their app has many typical mom tasks pre-installed so you can look through them and check them off at the end of the day as part of your got done or ta-da list. Second, assess your data. Go over your got done list and mark next to each task whether it filled your tank or drained it. If you're finding your day is 80% draining and 20% fulfilling, that could be a good place to start thinking about how you're spending your days and how you can rework them. It's also very helpful to bring your data to a trusted friend or partner and have them look over it with you and help you see where you could make some changes to lighten your load. Which leads perfectly into our third takeaway, delete or delegate tasks that are adding too much weight to your mental load. Essential to this step will be having a conversation with your partner if you have one and your kids to find out what they can take on or what you can all choose to cut out completely. Remember you're all on the same team and the work that needs to be tackled is the enemy. You can figure out together how the family can work together to carry the invisible mental load without all of it landing on you. Friends, you are doing so much more than you realize. I hope you finish every day feeling like a rock star and acknowledging all of the little things you did for your family that maybe couldn't appear on a to-do list, but actually mattered so much more than that. Be sure to check out the Tend app if this is something that you think could help you. And please always remember that I am rooting for you and I hope you have a great week with your family. I'm Stacy Toth. And I'm Dr. Sarah Ballantyne. And we'd like to invite you to come listen to our podcast, The Whole View. Each week, we follow the science for an in-depth answer to a listener-requested topic related to health and wellness. But we're not your typical health show. We're talking emotional and physical, looking at dozens of scientific studies to support our answers. You might be surprised what the science can tell us. When we share practical tips and embarrassing personal stories, we make sure no one is left thinking perfection is the goal. In fact, this one time at Bandcamp... Uh uh, not now, Stacy. Oh, right. Sorry. I was about to get on a soapbox again. The whole view is exactly that. A comprehensive and holistic look at important topics that likely resonate with you. We also take a body positive approach. And instead of engaging in diet culture, we focus on what the actual medical research says are the healthiest choices in terms of diet, lifestyle, and non-toxic living. And we're not afraid to bust myths that are trending in health conscious communities. Join us to laugh and learn and just feel like you're hanging out with your two nerdiest besties. Check out the Whole View podcast wherever you listen. And don't forget to subscribe so you never miss an episode.